Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So, um, this is the end of a sermon series on, uh, what are we talking about? Priest, prophet, shepherd, and king, right? So a priest is someone that has a heart for what? What's a priest's heart? To connect people with God. It's a, a, a worship leader is a priest. An intercessor is a priest. Um, someone that likes to tell people the good news that Yeshua died and rose and is the king. Um, that's a priest. Where are my priests at? It's okay. We're all priests, but you're, you're strong in that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, prophet. What's that? Connecting people with what? Hmm? You got to be loud. What's coming? Connecting people with the, the future, restoration. Connecting people with the, the Torah, right? The, you know, exhorting, occasionally saying, hey, you need to repent, but in, in love. And, uh, and, 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 and casting vision, casting hope. Dr. King said, I have a dream, right? That's a, that's a prophet, right? Little white children, little black children worshiping together. He's a, he's, a, he's a prophetically strong person. So someone like that. Where are my prophets at? My prophetically strong individuals. Where are you? Okay, it's okay. Don't be shy. God made you that way. Lisa, did you raise your hand? Where are my prophetically strong people at? Okay, there you are. Um, shepherds. What's a shepherd? You want to... What's your heart? Loving, nurturing. What? Yeah, you, you, want, you want to nurture people. Um, uh, where are my shepherds at? Some of you got two or three. That's nice. <laughs> are, you, are you raising your hand for all of them, Roberto? <laughs> Is that because you're made in the image of God? All right, you could be strong in all of them, but you're probably stronger in one of them, but that's fine. You can raise your hand for all of them. I like it. I love it. All right, where are my shepherds at? Let me see. Okay. Um, king. What's the, the king's heart? You have a, you're a leader. You have a heart to lead people. Where are my kings at? Yeah, you're all kings, that's true. All right. <clears throat> so this is the final sermon of the series from me, but we are going to have some guest speakers zoomed in in the coming weeks who are experts in this, who've been studying this for 40, 50 years, uh, doing Messianic Jewish ministry. One is in California. One is in Israel. We're going to zoom them in. They're going to, they're going to preach and teach on this in, and fill in the gaps in the things that I don't know yet because I'm young. All the way up until Rosh Hashanah, we're going to, we're going to keep doing this. But I'm, I'm, this is my final one. If you missed it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to say, who, where am I preset? If you're like, what is he talking about? then uh, I encourage you, go back and listen to the past two sermons that I've given. Especially, well, if you want the quick version, the most recent one. <laughs> if you want the 40-minute version, <laughs> I was, uh, uh, then the first one I gave. But the, the series is Priest, Prophet, Shepherd, and King. It's on our website. If you listen to podcasts, it should be on there. So this is part three.
and it's, uh, it's titled, How to Be a King. You want to learn about that? I can't hear you. You got to encourage me up here. I, I, know, I like words of affirmation. All right, all right. Um, so if you missed it, I encourage you to check it out. Um, and this is the vision for our community. We're, we're gardening our strengths, okay? That's what we're doing. If you want to do that, join us. Become a member. If you're already a member, just keep, keep serving, keep doing it. I thank God for you. So the king strength, the apostolic strength in Ephesians 4, um, the leadership executing strength in Strengths Finders, um, is, uh, it's a leadership strength. It means that you are strong in leading others. But I told you, I told you we're all kings, right? Because we're made in the image of God, and God is king. You gotta, you gotta help. Are you, are you with me? Come on, people. All right, we're made in the image of God, and God is king. So therefore, you are a king. Okay. Some people are stronger in it, but we're all we're all administrating something, right? Lloyd, what are you uh, the leader of? Prison ministry. What else? Prayer. What about your personal? What are you the king of? Your house. I'm the king of the house. But he's a servant leader. You know, understand what I'm saying. Secrets. What's the secret sauce? Come on, people. I've been talking about this for three weeks. Secret sauce that helps you do all these strengths. Humility. Okay. Thank God. You must be hungry or something. So, yeah, in humility, he serves his wife, uh, but he's the leader of his home and his children and grandchildren, right? Makes sense. So, we're all leading something. Some of us are leading ourselves. We're, you're, you're the king of your time. You're still leading. You're leading somebody. You're probably leading at least one other living being. Right? Maybe you're leading your, your cat or your dog. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. What did, what did uh, God say to Adam and Eve in creation? Rule over the animals. If you have a pet, you're the king of that pet. That's a God-given role. You also have to shepherd the pet and, and feed it, right? but you're, you, that's, you're in charge of it. How many of you have children? Grandchildren? You're, are you their king? Yeah, what does that mean? It means you gotta serve them. Don't be all, it's good to be the king. I'm, I'm the husband, right? No, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. You are a king. But what does that mean? Be a servant. So I'm giving, I'm giving away the, 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 <laughs> the end, of, the conclusion of the message at the beginning. So the, the title of the sermon is Priest, Prophet, Shepherd, and King, right? That's the sermon series. The title of this sermon is How to Be a King. And the reveal, big reveal at the end is, if you want to be a king, what do you do? Be a servant. So yeah, now you can go home. All right, Genesis 1 and 2, I mentioned, right? Creation story. God set Adam and Eve in a garden, and he said, I want you to rule over the animals, rule over the rest of creation, right? God made them, if I say the word vice regent, does that mean anything to you? What about ambassador, right? The humans are representing God. So God is king, right? But he's like, you know, God likes to delegate. Because that's what a good king does. He's like, I'm going to use these humans that are made in my image. And I just, I want them to do what I do. So imagine a good king, 
right? A, a benevolent king, right? What, what, what is his character like? Shout it out. He's caring. What if, uh, in, in, uh, let's say you're king, Eric, and uh, there's a, a widow in your kingdom and she doesn't have any food. You can take care of her, you can serve her, but you're the king. You're still gonna, you're gonna feed her? Or you'll send somebody to do it? Yeah. That's what God does. And who are, who are, the, who are the creatures that he uses, that he delegates his authority to? The little kings. Who is it? It's you. It's you, Virginia. And, and all, all of you. But she's, she's usually the one who said it. Virginia's with me. Thank you, Virginia. I appreciate that. So you are a king because he is king, and he's delegated some of his authority to you to do his work. What does a king do? A king serves. Yes, they, they have authority. They rule. But the best way to do it is to serve. Really the only way to do it, unless, you know, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but uh, if you want to end up eating grass like a cow, then uh, you, can, you can talk about how great you are as a king and how much authority you have. Uh, some rabbis do that, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so the Hebrew word for servant or serve, does anyone know the root, the Hebrew root word? Let's, let's, let's show it. Who, 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 where are my Hebrew readers at? What does that say? Eved. Eved. It's the root of the word avodah. What is eved? Eved means servant. Sometimes it's translated slave. Some ways that you could say, I'm, I'm a slave. I'm God's slave. I serve you. I'm your slave. I could say that. It, it's biblical. It's weird. <laughs> but, uh, and there's a connotation of the word slave in English, so it, it's problematic. But um, I'm, I'm your servant. I, I, my job, my calling is to serve you, to be your slave. Because I'm your rabbi. But the only way I can be a rabbi is if I serve you. And sometimes I get to tell you what to do. But I have to do it in humility and gentleness. I don't like pulling the rabbi card. Occasionally you have to do that. You have to come, have a come to Jesus moment, come to Yeshua moment. Right? But... um. What I like to do is I like to serve. Occasionally you have to have tough conversations. If you're the leader, you, you do have to lead. Um, you do have authority. That's why James says not many of you should become teachers. Because when you get authority, <laughs> you know, power goes to your head. Oh, I'm the rabbi. I'm the, I, 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 I rule this. No, he rules. You know, the, one of the best things that happened to me in the ministry is uh, I got COVID. The UMJC, which is basically our denomination, invited me probably about seven months ago to preach on the Shabbat morning service of the entire organization. They asked me, I was going to get to preach to all my colleagues, all my mentors, right? Oh, I was excited. I, um, I've never prepared a sermon more than I prepared this sermon. I even asked my wife for help. <laughs> I mean, she's very gifted in ministry. I should be, I should always be asking her for help, but... This, I, <laughs> I knew, it was an important sermon. I practiced that sermon. 
I, uh, I also had a, one of my colleagues and mentors read it, Rabbi Yonatan Lasko. I have never worked on a sermon more. I worked on it for months. I read it out loud. I mean, I practice, I work on my sermons for you too, but this was important, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're important too. I'm gonna get to that. And then I get there, and I'm so excited too, because I'm gonna see all my colleagues. This is the first uh, UMJC conference in three years. I haven't seen these people in three years. These are my, like, these are my brothers in ministry. It, Messianic Judaism is weird. I can talk to a pastor about it, but they don't really get it. You're going back under the law? What? what, what? We're all one in Christ. It doesn't matter if somebody's Jewish. I'm like, well, it sort of matters. <laughs> the church has forgotten that Jesus is Jewish. The church has forgotten that Paul is a Jew. The church has forgotten that it's, he's the savior of the world, yes, but he's the Messiah. Christ is not his last name. It means anointed one. It means that he's the messianic king. The first line in the New Testament is, this is the story of Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. He's a Jew. Not only was he a Jew, right now, he's, he's a Jew. He's a high priest. You can't be a high priest if you're not Jewish. But the church doesn't know that. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll show them. <laughs> Gently, with humility. What was I saying? So I'm all excited about this conference. And uh, I go and I get COVID. And I'm stuck in, in, in the room with my wife and my three-month-old, two-month-old at the time, for five days. And people are leaving us food. You know, Eric and, and Scott Moore and, and, and Sherry Moore and, and Bonnie come to bring us food outside the door. Hey, how you doing? I just had a great conversation with her. I was like, I don't want to hear about it. I'm so bitter. And I didn't get to give that sermon. I guess I'm not such a big guy. I'm not such a... In Yiddish, it's a macher, not a big macher. God doesn't need me. I wasn't all proud, right? I, I, I wanted to bless, right? I'm not 100% I'm not pride, right? But I am a man, and I have authority, and I was given an opportunity. Look, this year, I became a rabbi a year ago, ordained officially, I got my master's degree in Jewish studies. A week after that, my son was born. I became a father. And then they asked me to preach because I was the newest rabbi, newly ordained rabbi, to preach to the entire UMJC, and I didn't get to do it. It was the best thing that happened to me, best thing that ever happened to me in my ministry. That it was so disappointing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love my wife, but, you know, being in a room with her for five days, that'll, that'll strengthen your marriage. Okay? Just leave it at that. But, uh, you know, God, God humbled me. And that's why I preached to you guys. God doesn't need you. He loves you. He loves to work in and through you. But if you ever get to the point where you're like, oh, I got a little bit of authority. Yeah, he's going to shut that down. I told a, another story about um, God uh, saved this uh, Jewish guy while I was gone. <laughs> I connected this, uh, this Jewish guy with three, three or four members of our community, and then I left. I was, I was in North Carolina and I was sick. And uh, I, was, I was calling these members of our community and I was praying for them, giving them advice, saying, hey, you have got to have good boundaries, you know, with people that are very needy. And I was, I was apostling them from a distance, but I wasn't there when he came to faith. 
but I don't need to be. It's not about me. What am I? This isn't the David Wine show. It's his show. Can he use me? Yeah. How, how is he going to use me the best? I got to make myself useful for God. No. I got to get on my knees. God, I'm nothing. I can't, I can't speak without you. But this is what we're saying this morning, right? I can't do anything. So when the, when the snake comes to you, and the snake says, oh, you can't do anything, you can't do that. It's a half truth in that you, without God, he's right. But in God, you can leap over a wall. You can do anything that you're called to do for his glory, right? This isn't name it and claim it, right? I'm going to get a house. I'm going to get a car. Maybe, maybe he owns, he owns the whole world. Maybe he will be pleased to give it to you if you steward it and remember that he really owns it. Maybe he will give you a child. He'll open the womb. He, he can do that. He's the author of life, but it's his child. I, I'm stewarding this life. I'm stewarding this son. But it's not just, he is my son, but he's, he's God's son. You know, maybe the snake whispered in your ear, what, what if you died? What would happen to your spouse? What if your spouse died? What would happen to your children? You know what I say to that? It is written. It is written. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a husband to the widow. God forbid if I died, Sonia would be fine. Because God is her husband. He doesn't need me. I, I get to be her husband as long as he gives me life. And I humbly do that. And I love it. I get to be his father, Aviel's father, as long as God gives me life. Do you know what his name means? God is my father, Aviel. So yeah, I'm his dad. But he's got a, he's got a, a, a real dad in heaven. He has a father in heaven. He's got a rabbi for a father. But there's another rabbi. He's much better than me. And he's always going to be around. I might not be around. I might be sick. Maybe I, uh, for a week, I can't talk to him for a week. You know, some minor, right? But God's not sick. God can be his father. We read in the, in the, in the Parsha, did you catch that? We're supposed to take care of the widow and the orphan and the poor. Why are God's people supposed to do that? Because God does that. But he doesn't do it alone. He loves to delegate. He doesn't need me, but I love it when he uses me. I got to encourage a widow this week. And this, that, that old snake was talking to her. You know what she said to me? She was like, I don't have any money. I was like, what, what? I'm sorry? Um, that's not true. Because he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the whole world. And he's your father. If you need something, he's going to give it to you. It would be nice if you communicated with me, the local shepherd, so that I know, so I can hook you up with the, the body of Messiah, the person that God is calling to do that thing. Um, but God does it, and he does it through people. 
she was like, well, I don't want to bother you. <laughs> it's like, she's not a Jewish mother, but she has Jewish kids. And I was like, you sound, you sound like a Jewish mother. <laughs> she's like, I am a Jewish mother. I was like, well, that's another story. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, it's the Jewish mother trope. Oh, it's all right. I don't want to bother you. How many Jewish mothers does it take to, to screw in a light bulb? It's all right, I'll sit in the dark. I'm just a mother of a beast of burden. Don't mind me, you know. Don't, don't learn Jewish guilt from our people. You got the covenants, the promises from Israel, like, you know, don't learn the bad stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, look, you know, you gotta tell me. I'm not saying I'm gonna give you the money for gas so you can come to Tikvat. But God is going to give it to you. Maybe he'll ask me to do it. Maybe he'll ask me to put the Holy Spirit and send Roberto. Maybe Roberto can do it. Maybe Eric could do it. Maybe someone in Charlottesville that's driving through Charlottesville could give her a ride. But what I said to her is, you got to tell me. Don't assume that I don't have time because I have a son and I'm busy. No. Don't, don't be a Jewish mother. Ask for help. Ask your shepherds for help. Ask me for help. Ask your mentors for help. Ask your spouse for help. Don't just sit there suffering. I'm a little upset that you, you had a back problem and you didn't call me. Clarine, I want to pray for you. <laughs> I love you. All right? If you're going through something, give me a call. I want to pray for you. I want to see God heal you. I want to see God give you the gas money or whatever. I, I might not be able to do it. Maybe I, you know, I can do a little bit. He owns everything. He can do it if you need it. He's not going to give you the, the, the houseboat and the, and, you know, but he's going to give you what you need because he's a king. And a king knows how to delegate and a king knows what he's doing. And a king is not, he's not thrown off by setbacks. We are. We're like, well, I got COVID. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God was like, watch this. I'm going to send this other young man to encourage these people. And then I'm going to teach little Rabbi David that I'm the king. I get to encourage people. I get to be the king. And then he gets to be a little king with a little bit of authority. But if he ever lets that authority get, get him excited, I'm going to shut that down. Because I don't want him to be proud. I, don't want, I want him to be a servant in my image. And I want him to be more like me tomorrow than he is today. So I had to go through that. It was one of the most disappointing things in my ministry. I was so disappointed. But it was the best thing. Because God humbled me. Who's the leader of Tikvot? Yeshua. But it's a trick question, right? I'm the leader. But he's the leader. But I'm the leader. It's awkward. Who's in charge? Yeah. But also, who's in charge? I'm in charge. But he's in charge. You see the tension? I have authority. I have authority. I can speak vision to the worship team. I can, I can talk to David Haller and say, hey, I want you to consider doing this because this is the, the flow of Jewish worship. And let's kind of move toward that. And then, I, and then I serve him. And then the next week he comes up with a, a song that is for the Yotzer Or in one week. And then we're partnering together. But I'm the, you hear me, I'm the king of that ministry. But I delegate my kingship to David Haller for the next month or so. And... He is the king of that.
but then he serves the people that see I serve him and then he serves me and then he serves the others we're all serving each other but there has to be somebody where the buck stops and they're casting vision on it and they're administrating it and that's me I'm the guy but I'm not really the guy because he's the guy the higher you go the humbler you have to be don't make, don't make the mistake that Moses did. Shall we bring forth water? I mean, he was so close. He spoke to God face to face. He was like, can I see your face? He was like, I'll show you my back. Who ever heard of that? Have you seen God? Moses did. He was the humblest man that ever lived until Yeshua. He was, he was the... the he was human, but in terms of not, not being Jesus, he was the most amazing leader. He was, he was a prophet. He was a shepherd. He led those people. They, they complained to his face. He said, God, forgive them. Heal their plague. They're like, you don't know what you're doing. You took us out. We had, we had leeks. We had onions. And yeah, yeah, you, were, you were slaves. <laughs> Being a leader, sometimes you guys, <laughs> but it, it, if you're called to ministry, if you're called to lead something, and you're all called to lead something, even if it's yourself and your time and your resources, right? If you're called to do that, just be humble, just serve. And then God can raise you up and give you more authority. He that is faithful with a little will be faithful with much. You know what I think? I'm going to let you look under the hood a little bit here. My personal calling. I think I'm going to preach to the pastors in the church of the nations. And I'm going, to show, I'm going to share with them. God's going to give me the opportunity to share with them that Jesus is Jewish and that God is faithful to Israel and don't forget about the Jewish people. And, and Paul said, the gospel goes to the Jew first. That's not just true for a Messianic community. That's true for everybody, but they don't know that. So God, I think humbly... I'm saying this as humbly as I can. I think God is going to enable me to serve the church. I don't mean the church of Richmond. I mean the, the, the global church, the pastors and leaders, and say, hey, Jesus was Jewish. Pray for the salvation of Israel. I want to serve you. I have a little bit of Jewishness that I think you left out. But I also respect you because you got stuff that, I, that I've left out. Because the church has been doing theology for 2,000 years and understanding the, the divinity of Yeshua and, and all that. And Messianic Jews, we, we kind of took a break. You know, Constantine wiped us out. And then it was the church, it was the Gentiles. And, uh, and then in the 1970s, we were back. So we just took like a 1,400 year break. But we're back, baby. But I stand on the shoulders of Christian theologians. I can't do what I'm doing. I don't understand who Jesus is, if not for St. Thomas and, and, and those guys. Yeah, they left out Israel, but I can put it back in. I stand on their shoulders. And that's just one example. You know how I came to faith? How did you come to faith, Eric? Was it Messianic Jews? It was Christian. It was a Christian. It was a Gentile Christian. That's why I'm saying if you're a Gentile and you're here, you could preach to a Jew better than I can. I'm weird. You're supposed to love Yeshua. <laughs> Gentile Christian, they'll, they'll hear from you before they hear from me. What is this guy? He's a rabbi? Uh-uh. I mean, God's changing that. He's enabling me to, to preach to my own people, but it's, it's easier for you. So don't worry if you're a Gentile. That's, 
That's how I came to faith. Consider inviting a Jew here. Consider preaching to a Jew in your, in your, in your sphere. Think about it. Invite him to a Sukkot. Invite him to a festival. Invite him to a prayer meeting. Hey, I go to a synagogue. It's a little weird. They do believe in Jesus, but it's a legit synagogue. And the rabbi is Jewish. And, but there are non-Jews there, too. Um, would you be interested? If the Lord is drawing them, maybe they'll come. Will you do that for me? If you're a Gentile, it's easy. And they're, they're going to be curious. What, what, what is this woman? You're not Jewish. Why are you going to a synagogue? Well, let me tell you about it. My Savior is Jewish. And when I go to this synagogue, they talk about Jesus, and I learn about the Jewishness of Jesus. And there are Jews, and there are non-Jews there, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's not that weird. You guys will do that for me? All right. Do it for him. Don't do it for me. I was reading in 1 Kings uh, 12, and there's a cool story. Let's put it up. Thank you, brother. So this is uh, Rehoboam, and then there's Jeroboam, but don't get him confused. So Rehoboam is Solomon's son. And what happened was Solomon, and he started off pretty good, right? And then he got a bunch of wives, and those wives were uh, idolaters. They were the bad kind of Gentiles, pagan. Yeah, there's righteous Gentiles, but he didn't marry any of them. The guy had 700 mothers-in-law, which doesn't sound like the wisest man to me, but anyway. On top of that, he, the, his wives led him astray because they were from the nations, but they weren't righteous. They were worshiping those other gods. I'm not going to mention their names. And so God tore the kingdom from him. And, uh, but he didn't do it during his lifetime. Why? Because God loved David, his father. And David was a, was a king, but he was a shepherd king. Yeah, he made some mistakes. But when he did, he said, Lord, your punishment should be on me. These sheep, what have they done? Why did he call them sheep? Because he thought of them the way he thought of his, his sheep. You guys are my sheep. But you're his sheep. I love you guys. So David was a man after God's own heart. So God said to Solomon, for the sake of your, your, your father David, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna give you one tribe, Judah, and then like a little bit of Benjamin and stuff. But, um, but it's gonna, it's, this is gonna crumble. So anyway, that's where we pick up. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were to come to Shechem to make him king. This is Solomon's son. Now in Jeroboam, that's another guy. That's the servant that ends up getting most of the kingdom, but that's not relevant right now. Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard about it. He was still in Egypt where he fled from the face of King Solomon, settled in Egypt. They summoned him. So Jeroboam, that's the servant, uh... And all the congregation of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, that's the son, the king. Your father made our yoke burdensome. Now therefore lighten the harsh labor of your father and his heavy yoke, which he laid on us, and we will serve you. Hey, Solomon's son, go easy on us. Your father, he, he, he gave us forced labor, which is the same Hebrew as like what Pharaoh did to Israel. Your father was kind of a pharaoh. He kind of enslaved us. Please don't do that. Go easy on us. We're just people. So he's like, okay, let me think about it for three days. God's going to shut this down. So he said, go away for three more days and then come back. So they went away. 
Then King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who served his father, Solomon. He consulted the older folks, right? What do you think they said? They said, did they say, be harsh or go easy on them? Go easy on them. How do you advise me to respond to these people? If you don't have an old person in your life to speak wisdom into your life, get one. <laughs> I have so many mentors. I have so many people wiser than me that speak into my life, mostly my wife. Guys, listen to your wives. Nobody's always right, but they're kind of always right. We see through a mirror darkly. You know, no, no woman is ever right all the time, but your wife is always right. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but it's, it's based 99.9% .9 of the time. So listen to your wives. They're here to help you. You're not, you're not, at all, you're not all that. Humble yourself. I'm, I'm talking to me. Not all of us are married, so it doesn't apply to everyone, but just take it for what it is. Have someone in your life that can, that can speak truth and say, hey, I think you missed this. If you don't have any account, if you're not accountable to anyone, that's dangerous. Or if you're accountable to somebody with wisdom, but then you don't listen to them. <laughs> that's why we have these stories. So, this is what happens. How do you advise me to respond to these people, old men who are with Solomon? They spoke to him saying, if you will be a servant, what's the Hebrew word? Eved, to this people today, serving them, he's, they're talking to a king. The old guys talking to a king and saying, be their slave. Come on. You, you, get the, this is, <laughs> this, is in the, this is in our Bible. If you'll be a servant to these people today, serving them, granting them their petition, speaking favorably to them, that's not what a king does. A king has authority. You got to do what I say. <laughs> be their slave. And then what's going to happen? They will be your servants forever. They're going to love you. This guy's great. We'll do whatever, whatever he needs. How can we serve you, oh, my king? I got to serve David Howler. I got to serve Lloyd. I have to serve you um, so that the whole, the whole kingdom of God rests on that, in this, in this place. If I don't do that, if I lord it over you, or you have to do what I say, God's going to shut that down. But if I serve you, he's going to flourish this, this ministry. If I'm your slave, he's going to flourish this place. So I'm, I'll be your slave. I'll be your servant. However I can serve you, however I can love you, support you, speak into your life, I'll do it. Or I'll, if I don't have time, I'll, I'll ask someone else to do it. <laughs> but that's, it's my whole life. My whole life is serving you and my family. <laughs> um, so the king, what do you think he does? You think he listens to these old guys? No, because he's got some younger guys that grew up with him. What do you think I should answer these people? Oh, tell them you're going to, your, your father gave them, what is it, whips, but I'm going to give you scorpions. Yeah. Let them know he was boss. You're the king. <laughs> You know, what, you know what happened to this guy? He sent his servant to these people that he just spoke harshly to. They killed him. Not so mighty now, are you? They killed his right-hand man. And then he fled. He's like, oh, they're going to kill me too. 
So he ran away to Jerusalem and he was left with one tribe because God loved his grandfather. God had mercy on him because of David, his grandfather. And then the other, the other guy, the servant, well, it's a long story. But read 1 Kings 12. It's really interesting. Okay, so the point is this. How, do, how are we going to be a king? Serve. Be a servant. Okay? We're all kings, so we all have to be servants. Some of us, when I said, where are my kings at, right? You're, you're stronger in administration and authority. You've got to be extra special humble. But we're all leading something. Let's look at Philippians 2. This is a, a summary of the gospel. Let's read it together. Have this attitude in yourselves. I can't hear you. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua, who, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of an Eved, a slave. Your king? Your king became a slave and died naked, humiliated by the Romans, betrayed by his best friends, so that you could have life, so you could be a king, so you could be healed, so you wouldn't have suffering. He bore your your sins and your back pain on the cross so that you could be a king. He became a slave. So what do we do? We become servants. Because we want to be like him. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Messiah Yeshua, who though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of an Eved, a slave, becoming the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You don't get any lower than that, folks. You don't have to do that literally, but we are called to do that. In a sense, we're supposed to take up our cross. We're supposed to die to ourselves. It's not about me. My life is not about me. God loves me, <laughs> right? He wants to use me. He wants to partner with me. I'm his kid. But it's not about me. It's not about you. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? I was praying for a wife. Praying. God wanted to give me a great wife, but it's not about me. It's not about what I deserve. He just wanted to give me something good. We prayed for a child. You know, we've been married seven years. We just now had a child. Anyway. God wants to bless you. He loves you. But there's a tension to it because it's not about you. He wants to give you good things, but not for you. So you can serve him. And then he can give you more things, and then you can serve him. And then he can give you more authority, and you can serve him. The higher you go and the deeper you go in God, the more you... It's like a, it's like a beautiful cycle, Right? So if I get to the point where I can preach to the pastors of the nations, I got to remember that God put me there and he could give me COVID and, he, and I could not be able to do it. But I, I'm honored if he puts me in that place. I'm honored I get to serve them. I get to serve those pastors. So how about you? Remember, the enemy's strategy, that old snake, they're, they're, they're coming in there. He's coming in there, and he's like, well, what if this happened? You got to say what Yeshua said. It is written. 
But Rabbi David, I don't know the Bible. Guess what? You gotta read it. But I, Rabbi David, I don't like to read. Okay, listen to it. You got a, you got a smartphone, unless you're Lloyd. Listen to it in your car. But Lloyd reads the Bible, so he's... And then quote it to that snake. No, 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 no. God is my father. No, no, no. God is a father. To, if anything, God forbid, happened to me, God's going to take care of that kid, that kid, that child. I'm not worried about that. And now I have freedom. Because I don't worry. I don't, I, I don't... The snake has no authority. He can give a setback, but God is sovereign over that setback. He can give me COVID and not let me preach and not let me see my buddies. But God, God is so good and so sovereign and such an awesome chess master, he can use that to humble me and then get me excited about ministry. He's so sovereign. How many of you had a setback this week? Something happened you weren't expecting and it was like, oh man. That, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. God's going to use that. Don't waste your suffering. Yeshua was human. He was divine, but he was human. You think he wanted to... Father, please take this cup from me. I don't, I don't want to suffer like this. Nobody wants to go through it. But he's so sovereign, he can use it. That snake thought he got him. I killed the son of God. God is like, I'm just going to raise him to life. And I'll use that death that you, you thought you got the victory there. I'm going to use that death to cleanse the entire world of anything they've ever done wrong in the past and in the future. That's how sovereign God is. And I assume that what you went through isn't as bad as what Yeshua went through on the cross. But if he's sovereign over that, he'll be sovereign over your setback. So who's supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans and the poor? God's people. It used to be just Israel. They're the only ones with the Torah. Now it's Israel and the nations and Messiah. We do. Doesn't mean you have to do it all. But, you know, partner with somebody. We're the body of Messiah. He's the head. Right? If you just just a head floating around... Like, what good would that be? The head needs a hand. Head needs feet. Right? He kind of needs, he doesn't need us, right? But we partner with the head, which is Messiah. You're the body. You're the hand. You're the thumb. You're the nose. Whatever you are, so do that. If you're the nose, smell. I mean, you know, don't smell bad, but <laughs> olfactorate. If you're the eyes, if you're a prophet, prophetically strong person in the body Messiah, do that, see. And then tell somebody in humility what you saw. Hey, God showed me this, you're, you're doing a good job. Encourage somebody, be the eyes. Because it, it, Messiah is just the brain, just the mind, and he, he delights to use the body to flourish his good world which he created so that everything can be under his kingship and the Lord can be all in all and there's no more suffering and there's no more death and heaven and earth are in one place and Israel is coming to know their own Messiah and the nations are coming to know their the, the Messiah and that's the ball game so that's what God is doing Is that what you want to do? Who can you serve? Can you serve God? Yeah, we worship him.
Can you serve your family? Can you serve your spouse? Can you serve your children? Can you serve your literal brother or sister or nephew? How are you going to lead them? Serve them. Can you serve here at TikTok? Are you plugged in? Are you walking in your strengths? It's okay if you're not. But, um, yeah. But, uh, but get plugged in. God, we, we need you. Are you serving the Jewish community? I could do better at that. I'm not saying Bible thump. I'm saying, what do you need? And then they'll be like, why are you being so nice to me? And then you can say, well, let me tell you. I'll give you a reason for the hope that I have. But they need to see the character of God. They need to see you serving the widow and the poor and serving them. And then they'll, they'll know that God is love. They'll know you're my followers by your love. It's, it's really easy. It's simple. We just don't want to do it. But we can. I believe in you guys. How are we serving the church of the city? Guess what? They're not pagans. Yeah, they celebrate Christmas. So what? Serve them. But they don't know about the Jewish festivals. So what? We're not so great because we know about Sukkot. Well, the Christmas tree is paint. So what? Serve them. How can I bless you? Maybe the Lord will give me opportunity to share the Jewishness. But not because I'm like, well, I'm a messianic. I know the truth. Come on. Serve the church. Okay. I kept you long enough. <laughs> we clap for him. We clap for him. Okay. Avinu, help us to be kings, which means help us to be servants. I thank you for the patience of the, these people that they, <laughs> they let me <laughs> process this out loud. And it is a longer sermon than normal, but I thank you that you met with us this morning and you're doing good things. It's an honor to partner with you, Lord. It's an honor to see where you're working and to, to be your body. It's an honor to serve the poor, the broken. It's an honor to serve the church. It's an honor to serve the Jewish people. It's an honor to serve our children. It's an honor to serve the ones that we're supposed to be leading to die to what we want so that they can have. Help us uh, die to ourselves, Lord. It's not about us. We've got a lot of pride, Lord, because we have authority, and we like that. So help us to be humble, and help us to listen to those that you've put in our lives. And if we don't have anybody, Lord, give us good mentors. I thank you so much for my wife, Lord, for the wisdom that she gives me. Help me to listen to her, Lord. I want to be the best rabbi I can be. So I got to listen to my wife. I'm confessing that before all of you. You can keep me accountable. Thank you, Lord, for our mentors. Thank you that you, you, didn't, you didn't leave us hanging. And if we are the ones that need help, which sometimes we are, I pray you send your people to help us to give us the gas money so we can come to shul, give us food if we're hungry. But we trust you that you'll do it because you're a good king. If we ask for a fish, you'll give us a fish and you're gonna use your people to do it. 
So help us to, when we ask for help, to expect your help because you love us, but not because we deserve it. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.